refuse everyone. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. I see dead people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? And knowing is half the battle. What the deuce? Must have the precious. And I'll form the head. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away! What are you talking about, Wow. Infotainment. All right, welcome to another Transmissions Extra, where we uh, talk about interesting uh, pop culture and other, uh, maybe not necessarily Transformers-related things, but this time it is, uh, it is pretty Transformers-related. So uh, we got some interesting things to talk about. <laughs> I'm your host, Big C, uh, Charles, a.k.a. Big C. I'm here with Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how you doing? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, what's happening? Let's talk Transformers. Or and maybe or not. Else? <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a special guest. We're talking to Sean Jaffe of Nerdy City. Hi there. Welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. And we're going to talk to Sean about, uh, so Sean, you do uh, tabletop RPGs. That's what uh, you guys at Nerdy City do, right? Yes. Uh, we have, at this point, um, we have Rememorex, uh, which is a what we call the tabletop role-playing game of suburban 80s horror. So like, you know, uh, Stranger Things or Gremlins or Goonies, you're, you're like a group of, you know, teenage kids in the 80s unraveling weird potentially supernatural or sci-fi conspiracies um and then uh we did one our first supplement for that was uh called my summer of arawak which sort of takes those kids into a uh, a summer camp scenario um and uh oh uh then there's the uh rpg nasty which is a one-shot game that uh is like a VHS horror schlock bottom of the barrel horror movie uh, and you create <laughs> your characters uh, and they're all dead by the end of it uh, and you all collaborate on who the killer is everybody kind of adds one little piece of the killer um, and uh, yeah it's really gross and dumb and fun and juvenile uh, and uh, you know it's a fun way to spend an evening and cool. uh, now we're doing commandroids yeah, so that's what we're here to talk about. And Commandroids, uh, you call it a world transformed, so uh, there might yes. be some uh, some giant transforming robots in there somewhere? Oh, there's definitely giant transforming robots. Uh, so Rememorex was a, was a big success for us, and we wanted to, you know, sort of keep going in that in that vein, and uh, we started developing some new games that, that would work with Rememorex. Uh, and... Um, you know, I came back to this thing that I've loved since forever and probably what is my favorite part of the 1980s, which is the whole Transformers mythology. And we, you know, we wanted to do something that would sort of show that, you know, they pay pay the proper respect and love to that mythology, but also sort of rope in the rest of, you know, the great, you know, there's this sort of surge of, of robot toys and pop culture at the time and we wanted to sort of create something that, that would encapsulate all of that 
Um, so Command Droids is, you know, it's, it's very clearly a love letter to the Transformers, but also to Voltron and to Robotech and some of the weirder stuff like Orbots and things that people don't necessarily remember as much. Uh, Starriers. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's at this point um, in its sort of final beta testing stages as we're doing the Kickstarter. Um, and it's been a, just a, a lot of fun putting it together and it's a lot of fun to play. Very cool. So uh, you actually brought this to uh, TFCon Toronto this year and, uh, and you were uh, showing it off and giving people a chance to, to get a, you know, to take, do some sample games and get a tiny taste of it. Uh, so what was the response you got at TFCon? Uh, it was fantastic. He, you know, when we first were driving up there, because we're coming from Jersey City, so we had a lot of time <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the road. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to uh, Gia and Megan, who uh, were co-creators, our co-creators with were. Uh, they are the co-creators <laughs> of the game with me. Uh, there's six of us in Nerdy City. Uh, so half the team was up there. And then uh, Craig and uh, Casey... And David were sort of minding the home front. Um, and the group of us were on the way up and I'm saying, you know, OK, so two things that we need to be prepared for. One is that this might not resonate with these people like, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a role playing game. We're bringing it to a Transformers convention. I'd never been to a Transformers convention. They might not want to do the game. They might not be at all interested in sort of a narrative based story game as opposed to like a more of a war tabletop combat thing um if they're at all interested in gaming so you know this is kind of a gamble and if they don't love it we'll go back to the drawing board and come up with something else uh and i was mercifully very wrong about that we had for the most part people kind of coming in and out the entire weekend we had lines out the door whenever we were doing a demo it was fantastic the the, the response was overwhelmingly positive um, the other thing that I was also very pleased to be wrong about was that I figured it was just going to be a bunch of guys that look like me, like, you know, uh, and I told them, I'm like, yeah, you guys might be the only women here. This is going to be just a bunch of like, <laughs> you know, bearded white guys in their forties. And I was really happy to be wrong about that too. You know, it was a hugely diverse crowd. Uh, and, and that was something that I was very pleased about. Cool. And I guess since you're you're coming from the the tabletop RGB, R, RPG scene, um, is there a is there a healthy uh, interest uh, in like in kind of the Transformers mythos from the RPG side, or because uh, I, I know it's I I think primarily focused on uh, like swords and sorcery fantasy, but expanded out to other things. But I don't I don't know if there's been a lot of like you know Transformersy stuff into the RPG setting. The the whole uh, RPG world is in a very strange place right now that is very good. Uh, tabletop mm -hmm. is enjoying a huge renaissance, probably largely in part to S Stranger Things and, and other things sort of directing attention to Dungeons and & Dragons. And then mm -hmm. people play D&D &D and they, if they get into it, they're like, you know, well, maybe I want to tell a story about cowboys or about robots or about angels or about vampires. And they find out that there's you know, a zillion different tabletop RPGs that can do any of these things and more. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's all these different settings, and, you know, science fiction and cyberpunk and all this other stuff. Um, 
what we found, though, that was interesting, I, I did a lot of research, is that there's not really a dedicated robot game in this, you know, I mean, like as much as the idea of a car that turns into a robot and has its own personality and thoughts and ideas are a part of pop culture. And, you know, if you point to a red Freightliner truck, you know, most people know what you're talking about. Uh, it's just it's weirdly sort of not there. Um, there's options for creating transforming robot characters in some games, but there's nothing out there that's really dedicated to them as characters that you can play. Uh, so we're excited to be sort of spearheading that. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of uh, like online uh, sort of kit bash versions and things like that. And there's, there's ways that you can sort of take existing systems and plug them in and do, uh, you know, any of the different Transformers continuities. I know that people have done, they've told me about people doing uh, G1 games and Beast Wars games and uh, uh, a lot of, uh, there's like an online sort of IDW role-playing community, uh, I'm led to understand. Um but there isn't just, you know, a game that's here's here's how you can build these characters and what you can do with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, shameless plug for uh, our uh, our producer, uh, Mike, who he runs his own uh, uh, IDW Transformers game. And they're turning that into a podcast. It's called Empire of Rust. And they're doing a, an actual play podcast of that. They just started. Uh, they're up to episode three and they're it's all set on Cybertron. So, uh uh, if, if that's uh, you know if that's something that's that would interest uh, you or any of your uh, your other uh, oh absolutely yeah I would be RGB. super interested in that yeah so uh, check that out everyone listening <laughs> Transformers yeah. podcast yeah, it sounds really cool transmissionspodcast.com slash rust there you go <laughs> but this is all about command droid so had to get that plug out there though no that's much. fair I like I, you know. I, I just love the idea of there being, you know, more Transformers role playing and more stuff that, you know, sort of brings you into that world. It was there's even these very minor things like uh, when we started playtesting, the players were really finding like you just tend not to get a character that's that big. And that was something that people were kind of excited and interested in, like. I can just I can just pick up a Volkswagen and throw it, you know, like the strongest <laughs> characters in these games, even like superheroes tend to not be gigantic. So that was just kind of weird and fun for a lot of the, the players to stomp around at, you know, 25, 30 feet tall and just, you know, I'm going to pull up this uh, telephone pole and I'm going to hit this guy in the head with it. Like, it was really kind of fun <laughs> just having that freedom of being tremendous and you know, you know, never mind that you can turn into a jet fighter or a sports car. Mm -hmm. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the premise of the game? Because it's not it's not technically Transformers, because, of course, Hasbro owns the intellectual property and rights to that. But tell us a little bit about your world and and what it is and, and how it'll it feels familiar, but it's not quite the same as our Autobots and Decepticons. Somebody described it at TFCon as the third-party universe, and I love that. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I, I, I love that that's kind of come into it uh, as, as a descriptor. Um, Commandroids is set on Earth in 1986. Um, 
there are uh, there are these weird giant transforming robots that are the result of a comet um, from a distant planet called Quasaros uh, millions of years ago. Uh, there was a war that was fought on Quasaros between uh, two different factions, the Nemesite Capacitors and the Symmetron Resistance. Uh, and the Symmetrons realized that the Nemesites and their machine god uh, had taken over the entire planet. The mainframe had essentially digitized the entire world uh, and brought the entire world online as an evil machine god. And they realized that there was no hope for Quasaros, but there might be hope for other planets out in the galaxy. So they downloaded their minds into this artificial comet called a Cosmeter and launched it out into space. And it's sort of circled around looking for a planet that had uh, the right kind of technology for them to inhabit. Uh, and in 1986, the comet comes past Earth. Uh, and they found what they were looking for. So they download themselves into bulldozers and jet fighters and Apple IIEs and every other thing that they can find uh, in anticipation of uh, warning us that these things were out there. Um, so this was Haley's once, Comet. This was Haley's Comet, yeah. <laughs> we, we never outright say it, but it's definitely Haley's Comet. Uh, That's awesome. And then uh, the uh, the nemesites uh, were actually downloaded onto a comet of their own uh, that followed after or may have been here earlier. Uh, it's going to be a mystery in the book as to exactly when they arrived. Um, but there was a event in Siberia in 1908 that you might want to look up. Uh, ah. And uh, <laughs> they... Uh, so, so they've they've they may have set a trap, uh, and now the war has sort of reignited here on Earth. Um, the there is a few differences from the Transformers universe. Um, and the biggest ones I would say is first of all the the necessity of a pilot. Um, both Simitrons and Nemesites need a pilot to transform. They're independent living beings, um, but. They stay in their vehicle modes or their technology modes until such time as like they are bonded with a pilot and then they can take a humanoid or sometimes an animal form. Um, the difference between the Symbatrons and the Nemesites is the Symbatrons uh, make an offer. They, they go to the, the human and, and, and sort of make a psychic connection and say, are you willing to help me to defend your world in the human theoretically says yes because that's your player uh and then you have that bond and you can you're connected to this robot uh the nemesites just sit there with the door open and whatever unfortunate schmuck walks in is never seen again uh <laughs> so uh it's sort of an interesting play on the idea of you know uh consent and you know that relationship being either one that is positive and Invaluable to both entities, or something that is incredibly dark and codependent, uh, and it also ultimately goes results back in to one's the death. Diaclone or origins of Transformers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. There has been like things of pilots, you know, and then like you know, Headmasters is obviously also yeah. very similar. You know, and the binary bonding I think is a term that we borrowed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not considered part of the Transformers. Like we we wanted mm -hmm. it to kind of feel like the the, the relationship between um, Paladins and Voltron Lions, that yeah. kind of connection. Um, 
And then there's also a very weird religious aspect that's not there in the Transformers. Both uh, the Symbatrons and the Nemesites have a very weird... They don't see it as religion, but it is a very religious style bent. Um, the the Nemesites worship the mainframe, which is a pretty obvious stand-in for another evil, uh, all-consuming robot god. Uh, and the... The Symbatrons have these things called sacred subroutines. Before the mainframe took over their world, there were five different AIs um, that maintained peace and order uh, and occasionally could produce for themselves five giant, tremendous, towering robots that would defend the planet. Um, they were called the Mecha Shoguns, and these Shoguns were, you know, 500, 600 feet tall and uh, had giant swords um, and uh, maintained order and peace on Quasaros, which is what they called the planet before the mainframe took over. Uh, and when the Simbatrons left, they downloaded the AIs into themselves and they run these sacred subroutine programs uh, as sort of a religious uh, um, offering to their old gods. And they can sort of... Uh, there's a, a, a function type called the, an anchorite who can sort of summon the old god by bringing other command droids into themselves and combining into an avatar of their uh, of their mecha shogun. So that brings in the whole combiner Voltron aspect. Um, and uh, I think uh, the the third big difference between uh, Transformers and uh, and Rememorex, is, uh, sorry, and uh, Commandroids uh, is the um, besides the you know the the human element and uh, the weird religious aspect is um, the fact that the disguise is still a big part of it. Um, both the Nemesites and the Simitrons have a very uh, a very vested interest in not being caught by the government, so nobody knows who they are. Um, and they do need to hide as vehicles, as technology, as regular machines. Um, it's, it's a weird thing from the original, uh, you know, Transformers mythology is that, you know, it was pretty quick that, you know, anytime a, uh, a, a yellow Volkswagen showed up, everybody know, knows what, what it is and who they're talking to. Uh, but in Commandroids, it's, it's, it's very much a war that stays in the shadows. So most people don't know these things exist. Very cool. And so basically every player gets to create two characters. So they, they have the human pilot yes. and their their partner, uh, Simbatron, I guess. Or do, do you let players play um, Nemesites too? Uh, we have a section on it uh, that I'm, I'm sort of uh, like piecing together. Uh, I'd like to do that as a stretch goal um, mm-hmm. as... Uh, as we get further into it, because the nemesites are kind of weird and gross. Uh, they, they, we, I never intended for this, but they, they took on this very Cronenbergian aspect of this like weird mechanical body horror thing going on where the, you know, you get into a car, but the car also gets into you. <laughs> um, and they're, they're really evil and nasty. Uh, and, uh, they, they have a lot of, uh, I, I keep coming back to Cronenberg being the, the, the the weird aspect of it, you know, very video drone where you kind of grow into the machine. Um, 
But yeah, there's uh, I, I have systems by which you can play as a nemesite if you want. Um, if you, but in both cases, you're sort of you sort of taking on two characters that are becoming one, um, mm-hmm. and you can sort of jump back and forth between who's doing what. Uh, so if the 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 two of them can separate, you know, it's it's kind of like Night Rider in a weird way, like where you can say, okay, I'm going to send the car over here to check out that weird warehouse while I'm in math class because you know I don't want to miss another test and fail because you know part <laughs> of it is maintaining your your original normal life um right. and then you know you you know you can play out like what the car is dealing with and then what the what the kid is dealing with and then there's something called a conduit that uh actually uh will allow them to switch places so if the kids suddenly you know uh getting hassled by government agents on you know at school they can switch and then, you know, some government agent who's trying to, like, wrestle a kid out the door is now trying to wrestle a, a, a kid with the comparative strength and abilities of a car out the door. You know, so they, they become incredibly strong, virtually bulletproof, uh, and they can take on, like, whatever powers the, the, uh, the robot has. So if you can do, like, hologram projection, now you can do that. If you can do... Uh, if you, you've got missile launchers, the kid can launch missiles. Uh, and that's led to a lot of fun in some of the, uh, the, the play tests where, you know, these kids suddenly take on these bizarre robot abilities. Oh, very cool. And, uh, I know, uh, like just getting a chance to, to see some of the character creation stuff at TFCon, I, I got the chance to, to talk to Gia and see, uh, and you know, start just looking at some of the character creation. I noticed that the uh, like the, it's based on the the Rememorex system you talked about, and your character classes are interesting. So your your character classes are based on the kids from the Breakfast Club, right? Yes. Uh, the the human aspect is just a standard Rememorex character. Right. So they have uh, the five types are the uh, the brain, the basket case, the athlete. Uh, the criminal and the prince or princess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because you, you're starting from a place of just being a normal kid. Uh, right. There's sort of a wish fulfillment fantasy in, in the game itself. This idea of this, you know, like, you know, when you were playing with these these toys, you, you didn't just want to, like, you know, drive around this little car, or, you know, whoosh around this jet. You wanted to be these things. Mm-hmm. So this idea of taking that into yourself and becoming one with this machine and, the, and all of the power that comes with that. Uh, and then when you build the robot, you know, you're, you're you start with uh, the different um, alt modes that you potentially take on. So there's uh, aerotrons uh, or sorry, aeromechs, which are, uh, you know, anything uh, that can fly like any sort of aircraft. Motomechs, which are single rider vehicles like motorcycles and ATVs and things. Automechs, which are, you know, standard cars, uh, mm-hmm. small trucks, things like that. Um, and uh, then they get weird stuff like uh, Terramechs or construction vehicles and um, and uh, big trucks. Uh, there's um, combat mechs, which is sort of any sort of military vehicle, missile launchers, tanks, things like that. Uh, and uh, technomechs, which are they're the weird ones. They're like, you know, anything that isn't necessarily a vehicle. It just has to be big enough to cover a person. So uh, we've had uh, boom boxes, uh, arcade cabinets. Uh, somebody did a Apple IIe. Uh, I think somebody <laughs> came up with... Uh, it was a weird one. It was a, like a Cray supercomputer, which I thought was interesting. It was very Superman 3. Uh, 
and um, and yeah, and you, so you can you pick which of those you're you're going to go with, and that's kind of your type. Uh, and it also sort of determines a little bit of the physicality of that character. So, you know, if you're uh, if you're going to go with like a Lamborghini Countach, you're going to be like really fast and sleek. If you're going to go with you know um, a a bulldozer, you're obviously going to be much more slow and and invulnerable and and really really strong. Um, if you're a helicopter, you're you're very agile. You know it it, it goes up from there. Uh, you develop a function, which is you know what you're what you're programmed to do. Uh, and then um, what's called Quasar Tech, which is like what your cool ability is as a robot. Uh, like, are you a triple changer? Do you have uh, what are called subordinate circuits? So you got like little guys that you can launch out like uh, uh, like the cassettes from Soundwave uh, or mm-hmm. um, there's something called a, a Gerwalk shifter mode, which is obviously calling back to uh, Robotech where you can sort of partially transform uh, even without a pilot. Cool. And uh, so now the Kickstarter is uh, so you're using this to help fund uh, um, the uh, you know building the system and and of course uh, selling the um, the manuals and everything. So uh, the Kickstarter just started, right? So it's going it's going to be going on for another uh, three weeks or so. Yeah, it's uh, we're 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 just at the end of the first week and mm-hmm. uh, we're virtually halfway. So uh, it's looking oh, really good. Um, you know, it's, it's the f- most ambitious thing we've ever done. Uh, we, we've, we've never tried anything quite this big before. So we wanted to do like, you know, a, a really nice book. Like, do you, we wanted to have like really, really nice full color art for the entire thing. Um, it's also bigger than any of our other books, uh, you know, cause there's sort of systems for two different characters and the entire thing of the world and what Quasaros looks like. You'll get all of that information, uh, you know, sections on and uh, default locations on Earth and in Quasaros. Uh, and we're uh, actually uh, just last week, we, we pushed it up to we're doing 100 different vehicles uh, and uh, alt modes to choose from. Uh, we, were, we started with 75, but when we did so well in the first week, we did another 25. Um, I'd like wow. to keep doing more. Like we keep finding other cool stuff for robots to turn into, you know, it's like yeah. all these weird ideas. Um, well, how, how much work goes into like building all the, all the details for each vehicle. So I imagine you have to, you have to think about like what kinds of powers or what kinds of, uh, I guess different options you can have for each vehicle type. Yeah, we wanted to like the, the vehicle types is, is something that we've been really like drilling down on and exactly like how they work and things like that. And and, and part of it's been um, just sort of getting into the you know, exactly like what these various iconic vehicles and pieces of technology can do. Uh, and it's stuff that can carry over into your, your character's powers. Um, so... Uh, for example, uh, if you're a DeLorean, you uh, can skip forward in time about five seconds. <laughs> um, if you're, uh, what is it, the, like, if you're the Morris Meteor, uh, um, which is uh, a type of uh, ambulance from the 60s, uh, we, we don't have too many older vehicles, but we had to include that one because it gives you the ability to capture holograms. 
that may or may not look like ghosts. Uh, so like different iconic vehicles, we're putting them in there as like as opera, you know, things that you can turn in and then you'll have like abilities that sort of relate to that. So like a 1980 GMC Vandura, I think it is, is the 18 van, which gives you the ability to like you can uh, uh, rebuild the, the, the chassis to be like a tank or like a, a battering ram as you see fit uh, and, and sort of things to reflect these these iconic vehicles and where they sit in pop culture. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's been a lot of fun is coming up with different stuff like that. Um, and and, and cool. also just the things that like, you know, had never been Transformers that always felt like they should have been. Like, I don't know why there was never a Transformers VCR, but I, I get to go back and fix that and put one in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a there was a bit of like there was that sh- that documentary on um, on uh, Netflix, the toys that made us. I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a bit at the end of some guy transforming a a VHS tape. I don't know what that is. I, there there doesn't seem to be any record of it. I don't know. I've never heard of this character. Uh, it, it might just be like some weird prototype. But ever since I saw that, I'm like, well, we got to have a VHS tape guy. Like that's great. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I'm still confused about that VHS tape thing, though. Like, like they never mention its name. They never like. There's just they casually drop this thing out there, and I know that like there were, there had to be like a thousand Transformers fans that are like, "Wait, what was that? What's that? I've never <laughs> seen that." And it looks pretty old too. It looks vintage. It doesn't look like a new thing. Well, and, yeah, if you have a VCR, you should have a counterpart that's a, a Betamax player, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally the, have the that. Sound wave to his blaster. The sound wave blaster like showdown. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Betamax is kind of doomed in that one. But uh, yeah. Well, weirdly enough, apparently they still use them. Have you ever heard about this? No. Uh, they, but, like in TV production and stuff. They still use Betamax in the Pentagon because oh, nobody no. else has it, so that you can't oh. watch a Betamax anywhere else. So I've heard a rumor that they, the only place they still like. Yeah, if you write a game that's that's that uses a VHS tape as its framing device, people tell you a lot about VHS stuff. So, yeah, apparently the uh, the Betamax is uh, they they use it in the Pentagon as something that sort of with sensitive material, they can put it on Betamax tape, and there's just no damn way that anybody can watch that if they aren't at the Pentagon using their Betamax players. I guess there's one or guy at the Pentagon who fixes them. eBay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, but again, you still have to put it back together, right? I mean, like yeah. it's, it's such a vanishingly small number of them that probably still work. Um, it's it's an interesting idea, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like that kind of thing with 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 lost technology is another thing that's kind of fun about going back to '86 is having the ability to throw in things like that and uh, CRT TVs and stuff are certainly big enough to be able to be a, a, a to turn into a robot whereas like be harder with a flat screen yeah <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about your uh your background with transformers so i imagine uh you know you, you have to have a love of uh of transformers to be able to incorporate these things and in, and in, into the level of detail that you need to to run a functioning uh tabletop rpg oh yeah yeah uh Back to 84, man. I'm old school. Uh, I, I remember uh, sitting in my parents' kitchen 
and seeing a commercial and there was like a toy cassette player and I was like, that's lame. And then it turns into a giant robot and I had that like, you know, that just brain exploding moment. And I'm like, oh, that's not lame. <laughs> and then like little cassettes jump out and they turn into little guys. And I'm like, I need that yesterday. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So that just kind of became in, in, in 84. Part of that was that there was this weird thing where I remember for what felt like 20 years. It must have been like a month. Uh, I got it at Christmas. But up until I got it, I had never even seen it you would go to like the, the whole thing of like the transformers in 84 they were gone you know they would hit the shelves and they would disappear i think the only yep. time before christmas that i saw one in the box i think it was like at a b dalton booksellers or something there was like a couple of like the mini cars so it was a big deal to just even see them in a store they had this this mystical quality of being this sort of lost treasure and much less somebody like Soundwave who literally like I didn't see it anywhere. And trust me, I was looking. Um, and for a while before the show came on, like I, I remember having them and just kind of developing me and my brother would sit there and develop our own like stories and figure out who these guys were because they didn't. The, 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 you know, the stuff that all kind of came out a little bit later, and I guess maybe we just found out about it a little bit later. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old and my timelines are hazy, but I don't remember knowing, you know, anything other than the name and the stuff on the back of the box. So we would kind of come up with our own storylines for who these guys were and why they were, you know, uh, what, what this war was about. Like we kind of knew who the good guys were and who the bad guys were, but we'd play fast and loose with that as well. Um, and I, I remember I kind of lost interest around the same time most of the kids did with like the action masters and, you know, they didn't transform anymore. So kind of what's yeah. the point? Um, <laughs> and, you know, retroactively, I get it. I can look back and I'm like, oh, OK, these might have been kind of cool, which just at the time, like it just seemed really uh, counterintuitive. And it wasn't until I was in college in the 90s uh, and I was with a bunch of my friends and we were like all the like, you know, uh, it was like early 90s. We were playing vampire. We were all edgy and dark and badass. Um, you know, we were all the vampire players and, you know, vampire was a popular tabletop RPG in the early 90s uh, that sort of stressed being edgy and badass. So it was a bunch of us and like three of our girlfriends, we went out to the video store and as a joke, we rented the Transformers movie um, and rewatched it. And we're like, ah, I remember this. Like, we all saw this. Like, you know, we're not going to. And so it became this thing and we brought it back and we all watched it. And I remember the scene when Prime is on the table and I'm looking around at all these like super edgy badasses and all of their girlfriends, including mine, are trying to figure out why we are all weeping like, <laughs> we just, it just took us right back into it they're like are yep. you guys okay and we're like no he died for us and yeah and just ever since then I, I just yeah I haven't been able to put it back down like it's just been sort of something that's always been you know something that I I, I can easily get excited about and involved in and uh, I've always been really into the toyetics of games and vice versa. And something about the Transformers I think is very interesting is that they are action figures that are kind of tiny puzzles and tiny games. And they bring that to the, 
the the toy world in a way that almost nothing else does. Uh, and it's weird. Like I, I, I've been more and more disappointed with the directions toys that seem to be going where they're, they're sort of losing, uh, they're losing a tactile element, you know, like the, the biggest mm-hmm. toys now are, are Funko pops. And I don't know what you do with them. They just, you just put them there and you, you I, keep I get them in the, the box and you don't want to show. Yeah, yeah. You put them away and you're like, it's, it's my brother described it as being like a totem. You're not really getting a toy. You're just sort of buying this thing to, to ascribe to the fact that you like this thing. So you're like, I like star Wars. Here's this weird little stormtrooper guy. I didn't even bother to take him out of the box. And if I did, I'm not going to do anything with him. He goes on the shelf. We're done. And I'm not, saying like I'm not judging anybody that's into Funko Pops. I totally understand it. I just saying there's nothing to play with there. They can't really take that away from Transformers. There's always going to be something that you you know, they have this weird tactile nature. And even like there's the other direction is like robot toys have gone in a weird place where now the toys are robots and they kind of play with themselves. So you get like <laughs> little dogs that like will bark and run around and you you don't have anything to do. You just sort of watch it. Uh, and once again, you're not playing with it, but, but transformers, you always have this, you know, element of just, you, you can pick it up and change it from one thing into another. And that is something I think that is sort of primal and fundamental and speaks to, um, whatever the core of the mind that says this thing is fun, uh, in a way that very few other things do. Cool. Yeah, we, I, I think we couldn't agree more. So it's it's awesome that you've uh, you've taken that knowledge and, and turned it into uh, this RPG experience. So I hope uh, hope people will check it out. I do too. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. And before we uh, we wrap up the interview, one of the things we try to do with all our guests is uh, do a set of rapid fire questions. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so these are like just kind of very short either or yes or no questions uh, and you know just go through a list and kind of am I being your... quizzed? Is this is this testing my knowledge? Not no. not your knowledge, oh, just okay. just your 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 personal opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I was like, "Oh man, I haven't studied." <laughs> it's it's like a, a Rorschach test, you know, get your your All first the right. uh, yeah. you know in G1 episode 7. What, <laughs> oh, which one was that? Is that the one with Jetfire? Oh, man. You're probably I close. Think I think it yeah. was actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. studying cuz I have to do the book, but I I don't I keep, if you get me on Armada, I'm done. I'm toast. I don't know anything about that stuff. Nobody does. Yeah, it's better off. Yeah, we don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better. All right. Uh, yeah, let's jump in. Okay. okay. Autobot, or, Autobot or Decepticon? Autobot. Okay. Who is your favorite Autobot? Sideswipe. Oh, cool. Okay. Transformers live action movie, one through five, or Bumblebee? Bumblebee. Hands down, Bumblebee. Okay. Forever Bumblebee. Yeah. Always Bumblebee. <laughs> we specifically exclude the 86 movie because we know everyone would pick that. So Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that goes without shake. <laughs> uh, from the IDW comics, uh, More Than Meets the Eye slash Lost Light, Robots in Disguise slash Optimus Prime, Till All Are One, or the newest series, uh, the new Transformers series that just came out this year? Uh, I'm going to say Lost Light. Okay. That's a very popular one. Hmm. Uh, Third-party toys, yes or no? 
Oh, definitely. All right. And this is a new thing for me. I, I just fell in love with them at TFCon. Okay. I, I had never <laughs> actually seen any of them. Well, I mean, I'd seen them online, but I'd never, you know, picked them up and played with them. Yeah, TFCon is definitely the place to to dip into the third-party uh, TF Transformers scene. So, Cats or dogs? Oh, I'm all dogs. I'm allergic to cats. I don't okay. dislike cats. I just I can't get my face up in them, you know? You're right. Uh, coffee or tea? Um... That's a hard one. I, 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 it sort of depends on how I'm feeling. Most of the time, coffee. Okay. Uh, chicken or steak? Uh, steak. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, Coke. Burger King or McDonald's? Uh, I come from a, a proud line of McDonald's eaters. <laughs> uh, history Going way or back s- to the Midwest. <laughs> history or science? Um, I'm probably better at history, but I like the possibilities of science more. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> uh, Xbox, PlayStation, or Switch? Uh, Atari 2600. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am bad at video games. <laughs> uh, PC or Mac? Uh, I'm currently on a Mac. My brother okay, would kill uh, me if I said PC. <laughs> iPhone or Android? Uh, once again, I'm going to have to say iPhone, uh, if only because he's definitely going to listen to this and he will kill me in the night if I don't. <laughs> and oh, is there a phone app that you can't live without? Is there an app I cannot live without? Um uh, I've been playing Earth Wars with my brother and the rest of the Commandroids team, uh, and we've started a alliance called Iron Angels, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I also have that, that that like Pokemon game thing, but it's dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. That's been a lot of fun. Oh, uh, interesting. So I use those you didn't a lot. say Kickstarter. I I had to delete <laughs> Kickstarter off my phone because I would check it so much that. Uh, <laughs> That my wife said, you, you can't have this on there anymore. So I can only check it on, on the computer, you know, uh, for, for everyone's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel if you're or listening, DC? You work for Kickstarter. I love Kickstarter. I just, <laughs> uh, I, you know. <laughs> uh, Marvel or DC? Uh... So I used to work for Warner Brothers, um, and I, I <laughs> used to like DC a lot more, uh, but nah, that uh, got beaten out of me by working for Warner Brothers, so I'm, I'm all Marvel now. Oh, wow. So who is your favorite uh, Marvel character? Uh, my favorite, long, uh, without even thinking about it, Longshot. I, I almost said my favorite Longshot. Longshot <laughs> forever. I I love Longshot, and nobody knows who he is. Um, he's like you know super obscure now, but you know back in the in the late eighties, early nineties, he he was he he was I, that's what I looked like in high school. So uh, you had a ponytail, blonde ponytail. But yeah, I had the big blonde mullet, and I wore like a leather jacket, and I had like a satchel, and I jumped over stuff all the time, and I was really dumb and annoying. <laughs> I was totally Longshot. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture now, very nineties. Oh, yeah. 
Well, they, they replaced him in the early 90s. Like when, when everybody became Wolverine in the early 90s and it was all about like being edgy and badass, that was when they got rid of him. Um, he, was, he was really more 80s. He was supposed to look like the lead singer of Kajagugu, which makes me like him even more. Uh, he was this like weird little guy from uh, another dimension. And uh, he, you know, uh, was super lucky and that was his power. Yeah. Cool. All right, uh, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? That's tough. Uh, as an '80s kid, they thought, I'm, one way or another, I'm betraying you know a sacred <laughs> institution. Um, but uh, I guess the robots went out, so I'm going to go with uh, with with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Got to stay with the robots. Yeah. Uh, Pixar or DreamWorks? Um. I, I like the Pixar stuff. Uh, I'll go with Pixar. And uh, is there a guilty pleasure movie that you'll always watch whenever you see it on TV or run across it? That's a hard question for me because, once again, I was I was co-developer of a game called RPG Nasty, um, which <laughs> was about, like, movies like, you know, like Cannibal Holocaust and, uh, and Night of the Bloody Apes. So for me to have a guilty pleasure movie, it would have to be deeply upsetting uh <laughs> i don't know I, I you know like and i'd love to say like on golden pond but i, I honestly haven't seen it um yeah i don't really have a like there's no movie that i feel guilty about liking if i like it it's probably because i either think it's incredibly good or complete trash <laughs> i do have a theory about movies where uh, the the top five movies in in my mind all have lightsabers in them Including the 1986 Transformers film. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a theory because uh, you know Megatron has it in that one fight with Prime. He immediately loses it, but he has it. Right. Um, Hot Rod has it. And then it the Burning Blade in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I believe, also qualifies as a lightsaber. Uh, I have I, I went to Hot film Rod school has and it too in the 86 movie. He has the the buzzsaw. Does he have a Does he have a lightsaber? Nope. He has a lot when he's uh, when they're on the ship and he's he's uh, fighting the little droid. You're guy. right. Oh my god, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. It totally backs up my theory. Oh, that's great. Doesn't he have the blast that's, helmet too? That's more a, a lightsaber than anything else. I, uh, I I I developed a couple of film theories when I was in film school to irritate other film students. Another one is that uh, any movie, any movie, can be uh, improved with the addition of the Predator from the Schwarzenegger film Predators. Uh, so, you know, like you name any movie, it'd be better with a predator in it. Um, and you know, the predator was voiced by Peter Cullen too. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Holy crap. There's a clip That's... on uh, YouTube from uh, when he was, when Cullen came to TFCon and he did the, he did the predator voice uh, at his panel and it was, it was insane. I, I gotta see that. I had no yeah. idea. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> the Predator and Optimus Prime are the same guy? Like, some people are just better than the rest of us. Like, finding out that, like, Luke Skywalker and the Joker are the same guy. Like, yeah. that's that's nuts. How can you be, like, the best hero and the best villain at the same time? That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> As soon as I'm done here, I swear I'm looking that up immediately. That's crazy. That is not... I had no idea. 
So he did the whole yeah. like, one ugly monkey. Yeah, that whole thing. That's that, no, wow. He did the, he did the, uh, the little like clicks or whatever the. Yeah. I always thought they just modulated that from an animal or something. I didn't think that that was a noise that you could a make. A human being could make. <laughs> well, you know, most most noises you hear in movies are likely uh, Frank Walker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. I, I right. heard a thing about him doing the Lion King roars and stuff. Yeah. All right. Got a few more questions. Uh, Star right, Wars or Star me. Trek? I am I am a priest of Star Wars. <laughs> so you're a Jedi. Like, I, I I legit am. Yeah, I have uh, I've, I've been part of uh, different like Jedi groups, and you know I've like done lightsaber stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a Luke Skywalker like costume, and I've uh, um, I've got like uh, a couple of lightsabers. It's 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 pretty bad. It's out of control. Um, <laughs> I think the only thing that I I, I know better than you know, my, my G1 transformer stuff is my knowledge of star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's weird. Like I'm at that point where, when, uh, the force awakens came out, uh, this is why I say I'm a priest of star Wars this is my, uh, my physical therapist. I had broken my ankle, took me to see the movie because he wanted to see it with me. So people that I kind of barely knew would take me to come see force awakens because they wanted to see it with me and then see what I said about it afterwards. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel like in a, in a, in a bizarrely ecclesiastical sense, I'm a priest of star Wars. <laughs> Were you at celebration this year? I've never actually been to the celebration. Like once again, like I, I sort of front load all of my convention time into, uh, into yeah. gaming conventions. So I, I, I just didn't have the ability to get out to it. I, I would love to go to one of them once. And I know that that immediately refutes my whole priest of star Wars thing. No, uh, <laughs> I went to my first one this last year and it, after going to transformer conventions for forever, it was just so weird seeing just like five times the size all for star Wars. I'm a little yeah, afraid it was, of it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, you find your kind of pocket what you want to do, and it, it's great. I definitely recommend it. I, d- I definitely want to go to one. Um, my brother-in-law is uh, a um, one of the engineers at Disney, and he was working on the Falcon. Uh, so I I am still like getting everything geared up to go down there uh, and see you know the the, the new Star Wars mm-hmm. land down at Disney. Um, oh, nice! But uh, I, I'm afraid to talk about it because every time he brings it up, he's like, "If you tell anybody anything about any of this, the mouse will kill me." And I'm like, "I believe you." <laughs> uh, the mouse is the stuff. But I think I can admit that he worked on the Falcon. Uh, he gave me one of the T-shirts uh, from the from the Falcon team, uh, which is one of my most prized Star Wars possessions. Very, very rare. It's the the, the engineering team for the Millennium Falcon T-shirt. Oh, wow! Um, very cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right. Uh, Simpsons, Family Guy, or Rick and Morty? Oh, uh, I'm old school. I'm going to go Simpsons. Um, and I also have this weird thing with The Simpsons where I've never seen any of the bad seasons. Like, I'm not like a giant Simpsons fan, so I haven't like hunted it down. It's just one of those things that like all of those shows are shows that kind of come on in the background and I'll watch them. Like, mm-hmm. if they're on, I'll check it out. Um 
But for some reason, I just have this weird sort of accord with the universe where if I turn on anything and The Simpsons is on, it is always one of the episodes from the first four seasons. So that's all I've ever seen. I don't know oh, why wow. it works okay. out that way. <laughs> but people are always like, oh, it got terrible. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'd say I'd say it's still good up to season ten. I think season ten is maybe the cutoff. <laughs> it's on, yeah. It's got to be on like season fifty now. Like 30. what is it? It's crazy, 30, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, that's nuts. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead or Game of Thrones? <sighs> that's tough. Um, I'm gonna lose some serious nerd cred here because like I'm terrible with nerd TV shows. Um, I think I got further into Walking Dead. Uh, I, I sort of checked out a Walking Dead around the, uh, yeah, I, I definitely got further into Walking Dead. So I'll go with that. Cause I, I checked out around the thing with the farm. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones was like the first episode and, and I weirdly have never really gotten into like fantasy stuff. Uh, like it's like. Yeah, I don't know. As a genre, it's, it, I, I don't dislike it. It's just not, it doesn't hook me in in the same way. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the big twist that everybody talked about, spoiler alert, was that uh, Sean Bean dies. And I'm like, that shouldn't be a spoiler alert. It's Sean Bean. Like, we knew that was going to happen. <laughs> the second I see him on screen, I'm like, well, this guy's toast. And they're like, oh, it was a big shocking thing in the eighth season where they cut his head. I'm like, wait, they took eight episodes for that? It's Sean Bean. Like, he should check out in episode three, right? Like... That's what he does. Shocking death of the guy. Like, get anybody else to play that character, you know? Get, like, someone else, you know, Keanu Reeves or or Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know why I'm going for Matrix people, but just somebody (laughs) that you wouldn't expect to die. And, like, Sean Bean does that. So I I remember watching that and being like, oh, this guy's going to die. And and then he did. (laughs) The end. And then nothing happened after that. <laughs> Some things might have happened. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when that started going off, though. Like, I have a bunch of friends that are super into it because, you know, they're gamers, Dungeons and Dragons, all this. And I, it was heartbreaking to watch. Like, if, if any of my friends, like, didn't catch it, like, the second it aired, they were spoiled for it immediately. And the spoilers were so constant that, like... I didn't watch this show and I knew what was happening. So I would watch it sometimes like while a friend had it on and I'm like, oh, that's that guy that dies. And they'd be like, what? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even watch this show. How do you not know that? Oh, I'm sorry. Like they just came out immediately. Yeah. Like the second that like, you know, Joey Winterfrost gets stabbed in the face, the internet would be like, oh my God, Joey Winterfrost was stabbed in the face. Oh, that poor guy. (laughs) And then, like, you know, the Avengers or Star Wars, like, everybody's like, shh, don't say anything. It seems yeah. kind of unfair. <laughs> All right. What, what's All what's right. the next one? Yeah, three more. All okay. right. Um, I'm uh, ready. Sport, so, uh, traditionally, uh, people assume that nerds are not into sports, but we're going to, we got the question in here. So, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, or UFC? Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sad to say I definitely fit the nerd that doesn't know anything about sports category. Uh, that being said, um, I think like the NBA is the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like 
as 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 far as a game to, you know, I, I'm I'm in America and I go to restaurants, so I see <laughs> games. They always have a giant billboard size screen, and you're like, oh, you're enjoying your soup. Here's football. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've definitely seen it. Uh, and if they have it on in the background, I, I would just assume that it was basketball because that seems the most kind of fun to watch. But that's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, weird personal preference. All right. And uh, Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini or Volkswagen Beetle? <sighs> that's a dark one. Ah, that's tough. <laughs> um, I'm going to definitely go with Lamborghini. Like my first ever transformer was Sideswipe, uh, oh, okay. and that's why he's my favorite. Um, well, he's my favorite Autobot. My favorite Decepticon is obviously Soundwave. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my love affair with the Lamborghini kind of grew out of that, uh, and I, I still I don't understand how like you know it's been like uh, what forty years we we still haven't made a better looking car. That seems weird. Uh, <laughs> man, those things are awesome though, right? <laughs> It's like a Tron awesome. vehicle come to life. They're so cool. <laughs> All right. Last question. Blonde, brunette, or redhead? Personally, uh, I guess I'm between blonde and brunette myself. No, your preference. Uh, preference. Um, this is the, the what, what is my spouse's hair color, if you can remember it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, brightly colored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go with a blue or a purple or a green or yeah. All right. Sounds that's, good. That's probably the safest bet for me. Well, that concludes the rapid fire. You you survived. <laughs> I survived. If we'll, only we'll send, you, we'll send you the certificate in the mail. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so I'll yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Sean, for uh, for joining us. Uh, and I guess uh, if people want to check out Command Droids and Rememorex, uh, they can just go to nerdycity.com, right? Well, it's uh, rememorex.com. Oh, rememorex.com. Okay. Yep. Uh, and uh, and then we'll we'll put a link to the Kickstarter up so people can go check that out. And, oh, thank you. Um, and if you want to back the Kickstarter, it'll be right there. Please do. Yeah. It's Command Droids, A World Transformed on Kickstarter. Cool. All right. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. And uh, and uh, we are pulling for you for this Kickstarter. I hope it's successful. Oh, and hope everyone checks it out. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Transmissions Extra. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye.